Welcome, everybody, to the Week 8 Recap Eyes on Big Podcast. I am your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined, as always, by... This is Big Kurt here. I am on Twitter. I am Jeffrey the Greek, at Jeffrey the Greek. And I'm Big Kurt on Twitter, at B1GKURT. Speaking of uh, Twitter, we had some uh, pretty good interactions last night. Had some some fun on Twitter watching the college footballs all day long. I was uh, I got a sore arm and shoulder today from patting myself on the back quite extensively. Yeah, all he's, last night he's got a bruise on his back. Actually, <laughs> I I saw it, but he well deserved. Yeah, great call by by the Greek. Uh, we're, of course, talking about the uh, Ohio State-Purdue game. Um, great game on a couple different levels. Um, you know what? Let's just go ahead and bring this one up now. Then we'll just break down the game stuff when we get into it. Um, for our uh, really good listeners, which uh, you all are, um, earlier in the year, uh, I had mentioned Tyler Trent as uh, a person that uh, I got to know on Twitter in a very – basic level and want to act like we're uh we're that great of pen pals but um uh, this summer when kurt and i were dreaming up the eyes on big podcast and trying to put a game plan together what we wanted to do was find an insider for each university that could really ah, give so, us some good stuff so you that's know. how you got that's how it went down connected with them gotcha. um easier for some uh, uh fan bases because we have good friends you know that that uh went to wisconsin or went to you indiana. know minnesota indiana um, Purdue, we just didn't really have one, so I had kind of branched out on Twitter. And the first guy I tried said, "You know, I'm a little bit busy, but give Tyler a try. Nobody knows football better." I didn't, I didn't know who Tyler. Oh, really? Was. Someone referred you to Tyler, correct? Okay. And then just a couple direct message uh, uh, messages bef- between Tyler and I gave me some info. And then after that, I just kind of realized uh, what Tyler's whole persona was. Mm-hmm. Um, battling cancer just battling life in general um and then um yeah got to know him a little bit through that and then holy cow uh the spot they did on espn game day i i, I swear to you it was literally the only part of game day i watched for the entire morning so i never watched game day i did not see it um, yeah just i boycott the program the only thing i like about it is lee corso putting, yeah putting, putting the headgear putting on. the headgear on um i'm not gonna uh, lie to you, I got I got two young young ones in the in the home uh, watching that segment. I I cried like a like a baby. Really? I was sitting on my couch yeah. uh, holding one of my kids, crying. Then I kissed him because it's like oh my god, you know. Anyways, um, there was a lot of good reasons to be uh, watching the ABC game last night. Tyler gave it that much more of a reason and for him to be able to find the strength out of nowhere to be able to make the game and then to actually watch well, yeah, Purdue win it that is was absolutely amazing. The fact that he made it there was great, but the fact that he got to just bask in that huge victory, I mean, really the biggest victory, you know, certainly in his lifetime, but of the last probably 40 plus years for yeah. Purdue. Yeah. And I don't know, call me crazy. I think these things connect. I think he was a part of the win last night. I really do. I think well, I think you could say that it's part of he galvanizing was an inspiration. the team. Absolutely. To the to the team. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So congratulations, Tyler. Yeah. Uh, very happy for you. Um, let's go ahead and work, uh, go on to the weekly Eisman. All right. Eisman Watch for the Week presented by the Downstairs Athletic Club <laughs> because we're recording in the Greek's basement. So I'm going to mix it up a little bit. I'm going to do something different this week. I have exactly zero specific player names on the Eisman Watch. I'm going with 
player were team units okay. instead. Oh, hey. Because there were so many great team performances yesterday. So here are the candidates. Nice. Number one, the Nebraska Huskers offense. And just to, you know, I will talk a little bit about some individuals. Adrian Martinez, 276 yards. Uh, that was passing, ran for 125. Divina Zigbo ran for 152. Maurice Washington, 109. Stanley Morgan caught for 163. Two touchdowns. Fantastic performance by the Nebraska Huskers offense. Next, the Purdue offense. Rondale Moore, 170 yards, two touchdowns. DJ Knox had a great game. I feel like he was really the X factor in that game last he was. night. Well, Dave- maybe... Maybe uh, Rondell Moore was the X factor, but uh, um, DJ Knox was the exclamation point. Okay, that's fair. David Blau, another great game as usual. Number three, the Purdue defense. Sure, they gave up a lot of yards total, but holding the Ohio State offense to 76 rush yards, that, that was part of the reason they won that game. Big part, I think. Next, the Michigan defense. 94 yards. Total offense. Total offense that Michigan State had. They had four sacks, seven tackles for loss, only gave up seven points, 11 first downs. Great job by the Michigan D. Did that without Rashawn Gary. Not even playing right now. Finally, the Iowa defense. How do you feel about that? I was wondering if they are going to make the list for yep. a second. Oh, there. yeah. 115 yards, totally dominating performance, shutout. Um, one specific name I will bring up, Parker Hesse. Amazing game. I, good eye. Yeah. Yeah. So those are my five candidates. What do you think? Um, that's tough. <laughs> it's really tough. Um, for sheer inspiration, and you know that I am a big uh, game type of deal. Yep. We usually do the big game type of deal for a player. Nobody in the world expected Purdue's defense to look that Correct. good versus Ohio State. I got to give a Purdue's defense the nod. Hey, we agree. That's, yeah. that's who I'm picking as well. Purdue defense. Way to go. Great job. Impressive. I mean, we all expected the Purdue offense to score points, right? Because Ohio State has not been looking great on defense, but I don't think anybody expected what they did to stop the ground game for Ohio State. No, uh, and I can't believe you broke down all of that per, uh, with Purdue's defense without giving props to your boy. Ah, my boy Nick Holt, Nick yes. Holt. Shame on me. Yeah. My favorite coordinator. Tell you what, um, the not to <laughs> this is horrible, but not to bum Purdue fans out, but there are a lot of coaches that are going to have uh, interviews after the year's over. You Purdue bet. keeps us up. So, yeah, I was wondering if we wanted to start talking about that or not. Let's just leave it at that. I, I think I, so. Purdue, we, you know, just enjoy it. Yeah. Let's not try to. And ruin when we their get fun. down into that game, I think it's key to talk about the Purdue win, not the Ohio State loss, because that is something Absolutely. that always drives me nuts when people do that. No, for sure. So with that, we'll said, talk. Yeah, let's get into the games. All right. First up, again, we, we use these uh, chronologically. Uh, so so for Northwestern Rutgers, I, who had to watch this game, but uh, <laughs> glad, luckily it was uh, one of four games on at 11 o'clock, and I'm just going to make an assumption that most Big Ten fans had this one a little bit low on the toggle switch when you were going back and forth. Yeah. Um, all right, so Northwestern 18, Rutgers 15. It even had one of those weird total score type of games. Um, Northwestern 278 yards, Rutgers 188 yards. 
Um, this is one of those games where both fan bases did not walk away feeling oh, yeah. good. But at least if you're a Northwestern fan, hey, we won the game. We get out of Piscataway. We come back. Well, I really liked what Pat Fitzgerald said. Yes. Wasn't that great? I literally He's had like, that in my notes. Oh, okay, great. Yep, go ahead. He's like, oh, this will be fun for all you to write in your blogs, but it's a win, and that's all I care about. Oh, okay. That was awesome. He also said he likened this game to a major league pitcher who doesn't have his A stuff. Okay. But you don't just get off the mound. You right. keep fighting. And if you're a real fighter, you walk away with the win. I yeah. thought that was amazing. That was a perfect, that is great. That was a perfect analogy. So congratulations to the Northwestern Wildcats. They are in first place in the Big Ten West. Yeah. Amazing. I said it. Um, one thing that I did not say in the last podcast, um, you, by the way, you get on these things and you have these notes in my head and on mm-hmm. paper and I still forget to say stuff even though we talked for over an hour last week right but one of the things that I wanted to bring up I, I swear was um, Big Ten Network and some other you know uh, uh, maybe somebody you follow on Twitter or whatever they had essentially gotten the Big Ten West race down to Wisconsin and Iowa if yep. you are Northwestern in Purdue you were pretty annoyed by that because they're 100 percent right in the race and i saw a a northwestern twitter account say i'm sick of getting ragged on we're winning the big 10 west right now right you know basically suck it college football world i I get it if i was a northwestern fan that's how i'd feel right now well and let's talk about uh um the tweet from tom Fernelli. yeah yeah where he said you know look at this mess and he posted the the big 10 west standings what do you mean mess? What, what is it a mess? It's a great race. There's to, four teams yeah. with one loss in the in the loss right. column. There's that was strange. hardly any there's well, there's only two divisions right now that doesn't have a team with a loss in in the loss column mm-hmm. right now I mean, across college football right. I'm saying why would the Big 10 West look ugly or weird? It's a great I race. I actually think it looks the opposite. I think it looks great. I think it's one of the more intriguing races Definitely. right now. The Big Ten East, it, it's, it seems to be down to two teams right now. Right. And before the season's over, isn't that ironic? Guess which side was supposed to have a four-team toggle the whole time? Correct. The Big Ten East, well, guess what? The Big Ten West has a yeah. four-team toggle right I now. I think the Big Ten West is an underrated uh, division right now. Very much so. So we did mention that Northwestern does have a penchant for playing down to their competition. They do. And they certainly did that. So one of our fans, Northwestern, they're called Northwestern fans, fans. I think, right, yep. on Twitter. I don't know what their handle is. But whoever it is that runs that said, I didn't get a chance to watch the game today. Clayton Thorson threw 100 for 150 yards. How did we win this game? <laughs> <laughs> well, they won it by uh, Isaiah Bowser running for 128 yards Wow, Northwestern literally could not run through a wet paper bag mm-hmm. coming into this game, but they can they can run for over 100 and some yeah, yards against Rutgers. Yeah, but they only averaged 2.7 yards per carry. But they still got over the century mark, which so, is saying something. It is, but remember also we discussed what are they going to do? What's their philosophy going to be? Are they actually going to try to run the ball in this game because this is their opportunity to do that? And we both agreed, no, they're just going to keep airing it out with Thorson, but we they did kind of they did kind of run the game. It was a l- run the ball. It was just no, a, that's was what a, I mean. Yeah, it was a little bit more balanced this time yeah. around. Well, definitely 150 um, yards passing, 128 rushing for for Northwestern in the game. Yeah, um, I don't think we're going to talk extensively about Rutgers at this point, but I will say for a for a positive, they only had one turnover or no turnovers, no turnovers, no turnovers in the game for Rutgers. And 
you know, they gave up an average of 3.4 yards per play. Correct. It's a pretty good defensive performance. They have an atrocious offense. There's no doubt about that. That's not changing. Isaiah Pacheco, though, had a pretty solid game. 11 carries, 76 yards, and a nice touchdown. And they kept fighting. They didn't give up. Yeah. So, so credit to them. Um, but, yeah, as it turns out, we're going to call it a good win for Northwestern because anytime you go on the road and you get the win, that's a good win. Yep. And one more thing. Ouch. Looking ahead at the schedule for Rutgers. They have Wisconsin, Michigan, Penn State, Michigan State remaining. All right, so with that result, that moves Northwestern to 4-3 and three overall, a robust 4-1 robust and one in the Big Ten West. Rutgers falls to 1-7 overall, 0-5 oh in the Big Ten. Not that we didn't already know this, but there is officially no bowl that's going to happen for Rutgers. No. Next up, the Wisconsin Badgers 49, Illinois 20. Total yards, Wisconsin with 545 yards. Illinois got to, got to 300 yards of total offense. Um, my first note that I have here is if, if any team is going to win against Wisconsin, mm-hmm. they're going to have to play clean. If yeah. Illinois is going to win versus Wisconsin, they're going to have to play really cl- clean. Absolutely. They turn the ball over five times. And they fumbled at least once more in addition to that. I, You know, you're playing in weather, but only one team played like they were playing in weather. That was amazing to me. They just, uh, Wisconsin defender's hand would graze the football and it would just pop know, out, explode out of the ball carrier's hands. But yet Wisconsin had no trouble hanging onto the ball. That right. was just baffling. Right. This is a really, really bad Illinois football team. Execution is just terrible discipline horrendous and the defensive scheme is just garbage i am not in love with either scheme right now uh the defensive scheme maybe was worse this time around i got on illinois last week for their offensive scheme Mm -hmm. sometimes okay sometimes fans look at the game and we simplify it too much there's no doubt about there's more going on than what we think is going on from from looking at it from fans or at least the common fan uh, sometimes though, coaches really do overcomplicate things. It yep. seems to me that there is a lot of overcomplication going from the Illini right now. Hmm. They should have just put seven to eight to nine guys in yeah. the box and just just go, just just force Wisconsin to throw over the top and beat you. Yeah, well, that's what we had said in the the preview, right? Yeah, just if you you know you're going to lose, make Hornybrook win the game. Correct. Make him win the game. Yep. And if Jonathan Taylor busts off five sixty yard runs because you do have guys in the box and they just overblock and yeah. so so be that, it. That's how it goes. Right. I asked them to be Costanza because if every inclination you've ever had is wrong, then the opposite must be right. But they still didn't do the opposite. I'm just baffled by their game plan and defense. Yeah, it did make a lot of sense to me. Um, Jonathan Taylor, 27 carries, 159 yards, no touchdowns. Taiwan Deal, also over 100 yards, and he had the, the two touchdowns on the ground for Wisconsin. Yeah, and Hornybrook actually looked okay. Threw, threw a couple interceptions because Hornybrook's going to Hornybrook. But other than that, pretty solid game out of him. I just wanted to point out, I had the uh, under – in this game, mm-hmm. and that under would have hit if Illinois just played a clean game. Well, okay, let's talk a little bit more about that. <sighs> Statistically, this was a 49-20 to 20 game, for sure. But there were so many just 
shoot yourself in the foot moments for Illinois, this should not have been a 29-point loss. No. It should have been like a one-score game, really. I would say within 10 points. 10 points, yeah. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. I mean, what you know, as far as switching to Wisconsin a little bit, this Wisconsin has actually looked pretty uh, uh, consistent week to week to week, which is yeah. their defense is good. It's not it's great. Okay. It's not great. Yeah. It's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, the running games have been good all year. Yep. Maybe a, a semi-step down when it was really blasting people last year, but it's still fine. I think their passing game has definitely took a step back from last year, but they still do enough with uh, Ferguson. The tight end is definitely their best You know, third down target, got to move the chains type of target. And that's Alvarez's grandson, isn't grandson, it? Grandson. Cra- yeah, crazy. which is crazy. I just but, found that out. I mean, Wisconsin's doing what Wisconsin's doing right now. Like, I think they're going to be the same team throughout the rest yeah. of the year. I don't see much much different, for, which, by the way, is is good enough to get to – to 10 wins. Um, it is. I have Illinois, like my point I'm trying to make is there was room to work with for Illinois offense and defense, but they yeah. just, they did nothing with it. No, they certainly did nothing with it. Of course, AJ Bush was benched in favor of the freshman MJ rivers and that needed to happen. He just, he's not, he's not clicking in the passing game at all. He also has absolutely no help from the wide receivers it's not going to make a heck of a lot of difference with MJ in there, but I, I do expect MJ's probably going to start the next game. Okay. Uh, and where are you at with that now? I, it doesn't matter. Okay. It, it, I think it's going to be about the same either way. MJ's a better passer, but then he doesn't have that running element. You know, the, in the Rod, Rich Rod system, the number one thing you want is a running quarterback, a fast, straight-ahead quarterback, and that's not Rivers. So it's, it just he doesn't fit perfectly into the scheme. But at this point, it just doesn't really matter, I don't think. And Ricky Smalley, I want to bring up, that guy doesn't look like he even wants to be out there. This is, remember I told you off air, Lou Dorsey's going to transfer. And what did it take, four days later he transferred? Yep. That's how I feel about Ricky Smalley right now. He looks just like Lou Dorsey looked. He just looks uninterested. When he looks interested for a two, two to three play period, he looks good. Yeah. But not, not enough. Uh, just doesn't seem like he wants to be out there. All right, with the win, that moves Wisconsin to 5 and 2 overall, 3 and 1 in the Big 10. Illinois falls to 3 and 4 overall and 1 and 3 in the Big 10. Next up, Iowa 23, Maryland 0. Iowa with 310 yards of total offense, not that much, right? Yeah, Maryland had 115 yards. Mm-hmm. Of total offense, that's their lowest ever in Big Ten play. Lowest Iowa's ever allowed yep. a, a, a team in Big Ten play. I was uh, uh, power washing my uh, front uh, walkway when Big Kurt uh, got here just a little bit ago. I was listening to another podcast, and because uh, national podcasts are idiots, they just made fun yep. of the stats in this game because the, the, the yardage was so low. Right. Well, uh, they're idiots mile? because there were 45-mile-per-hour yeah. wind gusts in right. this game. I was listening to somebody talking about it where the kickers were saying it literally wasn't even – it was worse than that because it was swirling that much. Yeah. I had a ton of buddies that were at the game that were just – their faces were windburned. That must and, have been awful to be yeah, at they, they, I mean, we're talking guys that have been to – over 50 Iowa games before right. they said they've never seen any any win like that. Um, so starting out with uh, with Iowa, um, you were more confident going into oh, this I was game very confident, than yeah. I, I, I was. I was overall confident. We both took Iowa to cover mm-hmm. the the nine points. Um, yep. I think you would have liked the line at 
14. I, yeah, I thought 9 I or 10 seemed about right. Um, but I, I mean, sometimes with football, okay, like talking about the com- complexity or simplicity approach, sometimes it really comes down to one unit just controlling the game, mm-hmm. and it's been the same unit for Iowa all year. Their defensive line, yep. and, 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 and really the front seven, but they just manhandled Maryland Absolutely. up front. And you, you brought up Parker Hesse. He is uh, so smart, <laughs> yeah. defensive end. You can't fool the guy no. with a lot of what Maryland does is eye candy. It's it's Correct. get you looking in the backfield, get yep. you looking at a guy in motion. When you get a younger defense, which is why I wasn't as worried about Maryland's rushing attack versus Iowa after what they did to Minnesota, because Minnesota does have a lot, yeah. a lot of young players on defense. All of that bore out in the game. There, Maryland has not been able to throw the ball all year. They're totally once, one-dimensional. Yeah, once you, you're not again, you're not making them play left-handed when you take the run away from them. You're making them play no-handed yeah. when you take the running game away from them. Well, and you pretty much some summed up why I was so confident. Uh, this is a, you know, a veteran Iowa defense. They're not going to be fooled by the eye candy, as as you called it, and they're totally one-dimensional. Yeah, I was great at stopping the run. I just knew that it would be no problem to stop the run, and they would have nothing else to do because they cannot throw the ball, especially in 45-mile-an-hour winds. Correct. Um, so the Iowa's running game, uh, correctly, had been called out by a couple different you know, mm-hmm. uh, people that I listened to about not looking as good as it should. That was a little bit of concern coming into it, yeah. and, and uh, knowing, too, that Nobody was going to be able to throw the ball, so both teams yeah. were going to or defenses were going to focus in on the run. Right. But what was Iowa able to do to have 224 yards of total rushing? Not a great yards per rush, no, 4.3 but- yards per rush. But again, that actually is a pretty good yards per rush when you consider everybody in the stadium knew that knew no, they were going to be running the ball. No, nobody was throwing yeah. the ball. I mean, so. you have 86 yards passing for Iowa in the game, 47 for Maryland. That tells you just how horrible the, the conditions were. One thing I want to point out that I I'm not sure I've ever seen this. They ran Maryland ran 39 plays. 39 plays. Total. It's plays. the it's the lowest amount of plays for any team in Division One football this year. I, I would like to know the last time someone ran less. I mean, you almost feel like it's like pre-war. Yeah. Type of stuff. You have to I, have to go way. There back, are right? there are high school games that typically are going to go over 40 plays right. a game like that. Um, the text chain I have my buddies at some point, it was like the middle of the third quarter. And we're like, how many plays has Maryland run here? You know, like in the total minutes, it was over 40 minutes that Iowa held the ball mm. over Maryland. By the way, we got another game going. That wasn't even the most, the, the biggest landslide for really total minutes for, for how much a team was, was uh manhandled. Um, and then so, also I had zero turnovers. Yeah. I mean, zero turnovers, Maryland 39. Well, no, plays. That's crazy. I, I have one turnover for Iowa. Uh, sorry, zero penalties. Zero penalties. Yes, okay. Excuse me. All right, I, I said that wrong. Okay, but, glad we cleared that up. And as far as Maryland, I mean, we've made comments before where which Maryland uh, shows up. I was going to say the 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 tale of two terrapins is has been their theme for the year. Yeah. Right now, I think we know what Maryland is. If they can run the ball, they'll be They're fine. in great shape. Yeah. If they can't, they can't. That that's who Maryland is. Their defense, by the way, is is pretty, pretty good, good. Right. Yeah. yeah. And Trey Watson, we've mentioned him a bunch of times. Having a great year, right? Dude was all over the field. See, so how can Illinois – I hate to go to back to – how can he not work in their system? They're, running, they're doing something wrong if they can't make that guy work in their system because he is a fantastic player. Yeah. 
uh, Maryland, what do you think about Matt Canada's scheme? Um, I'm just I'm kind of losing faith. Well, overall. I just they Kasim Hill looked. Hey, by the way, Maryland beat Texas. I just like to make sure. I Isn't bring that, that weird? Up. Yeah. Um, college football final. Uh, Joey Galloway had Texas in the final four right now in the college <laughs> football playoff, which is just ridiculous. And then the same show, after they showed the Iowa-Maryland scores, they just go, Maryland's awful. And then literally minutes later, they're picking Texas to be in the college football playoff. Wow. But I digress. Um, I don't know what the point I was trying to make, but go ahead. I'm just – I'm not confident in Matt Canada's offensive yeah, scheme yeah. long-term. No. Hey, yeah. Maybe it's just because Sam Hill's not the right guy at quarterback. But it, you can't just rely totally on the run, and then once it gets shut down, well, we're done. We have yeah. nothing else to do. And maybe that's why Matt Canada has been a nomad. Yeah. Maybe he should be more of the run game coordinator at a team yeah. instead of the full-blown offensive, offensive coordinator. coordinator. Maybe yeah. that would be something to try. But maybe. Yeah. But so, yeah, overall, pretty much a dominating game for Iowa that moves them to 6-1. and one. Overall, they are the third team of the Big Ten to be bowl eligible. Three and one in the Big Ten. Maryland falls to four and three overall, two and two in the Big Ten. On to our next game. A little bit better game than what I think people were thinking. Penn State 33, Indiana 28. Penn State with 417 yards of total offense. Mm -hmm. Indiana, yeah. Five. 154 yards yeah. of total offense on the Nittany Lions. Pretty awesome. Um, they ran 95 plays, too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, think about it. That's almost, that's almost three times the amount of plays we went Maryland from 39 ran. to 95. <laughs> um, I, I said this about the Northwestern Rutgers game. I'll say it about this game again. Maybe this is another game where both fan bases walk away not feeling really good about what happened. Well, that's probably true. I mean, for especially for IU – you're, they basically followed the same IU script that they always follow when they play the elite programs. They kind of hang around for a while. They get they get the fans excited, and they just can't close the deal yeah. and, and finish it out. I mean, it was damn close. They had the ball with within one score to finish the game, so credit to Indiana for, for playing tough. But also that same IU script, they they go up in the game finally, right? 21 to 20, and then what do they do? They give up a 95-yard kickoff return. Yeah. And then on the first play from scrimmage, touchdown. Yep. It is their uh, – uh, the way they handle success in-game yeah. is awful. Yeah, it That's really is. That's a thing, by the way. You yeah. know, any kind of sudden change or, okay, let's respond to, you know, scoring the touchdown to try to – give it a two-score lead or something like mm -hmm. that, they have been bad at that all year long. And give Crimson Quarry a They're follow. On hilarious. They, I literally was going to say the same thing. They are phenomenal. I tweeted that this is my new favorite follow. I did, too. I, I said, as far as non-Iowa follows for Big Ten, these guys are Second the absolute and, then, and speaking of Twitter, my buddy is Alex Davis. He's a listener of the show. He's at HoosierL111. He was he texts me all the time during the Indiana games. In game, we're just back and forth nonstop, and I had to laugh out loud at one of his texts. I kind of put my phone down and I pick it up, and I was had switched over to a different game, and he says Penix with a bunch of exclamation points. He's in the game and he has an absolute hose. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and by the way, Penix did look really good. Yeah, nine, I mean, nine, nine for there. 19, 90, 94 yards. He yeah, he came in and looked good. Didn't have great stats, but boy, he just looks he looks like a real Big Ten quarterback sitting in the pocket. He's hey. He's got a great arm. And I mean, he's I, the be whole excellent. thing is, you know, I think Indiana has two pretty good options. At well, quarterback, yeah. Stevie Scott had 138 yards, two yep. touchdowns. It's not like they don't got a little bit of talent on that That dude's roster. a load. Yeah, he Stevie is. Stevie Scott, boy. Yeah, he moves piles. Yeah, but um, yeah, they. I was actually going to point out that you have a good-looking quarterback room if you're Indiana. Uh, Peyton Ramsey's a sophomore. Penix is a freshman. You've got good quarterback play for the next three to four years. Yep, and Stevie's the whole backfield. Stevie Scott, too. Stevie Scott's great. Yeah. Um, Ronnie Walker Jr., don't forget about him. He had a good game, scored a touchdown. Got Luke Timian back at wide receiver. He had six catches, 58 yards. They've got a lot of weapons. Yep, and then on the other side with Penn State, I mean, you don't want to besmirch them too much. They did, you know, travel, go into a Big Ten venue, yeah. and come out with a win. Um, they were up in, by in bad conditions as well. In bad conditions way. as well, um, they were up by uh, two scores late in the game. They yep. let Indiana drive down, get the touchdown, and then the weirdest time management uh, uh, calling a timeout right before the mm. uh, onside kick that Penn ah. State recovered. I don't know what Franklin was doing there. They retried the kick, and then the guy jumped on the uh, – well, it hadn't gone 10 yards yet. Right. Hit him, fumbled, and, and then Indiana, Indiana gets recovers. The ball. Yeah. Yeah, almost uh, – and then, and then their defense just shut it down right. after that. But, you know, so again, Penn State deserves credit. They they won another game. They got off the schneid. They, they did have this game put away most of the yeah. second half. But there's yeah. – it's just off right now. Something's off, right? With Penn State. Especially their defense. I, I, both. You I think mean, so? Well, uh, McSorley, you know, had, had a decent game, especially in the conditions. Ran for 107, threw for 220, a um, couple touchdowns. And maybe this is a throwaway statement, but that that is part of my problem with Penn State. Mm -hmm. If you took Trace McSorley. Oh, man. This okay? would not be a very good team, right? Because he is the rushing and passing attack yes, he right is. now. And most of those plays happen – they don't look like they're on script to me. It looks like something yeah. breaks down pretty quick, and then he just makes something happen. True. If you took that sandbox football away from Penn State. It'd be with, bad. Oh, man. But, and I'm not saying they don't have talent behind them, but it would be a completely different offense that they would have to run. Put Christian Hackenberg on this team. <laughs> not good. Not no, good, my friend. Not pretty. Yeah. Um, but uh, in the end, again, Penn State gets the win. That moves them to five and two overall, five hundred in the Big Ten at two and two. Indiana, after having a very very promising start, mm -hmm. kind of fallen back to earth here a little bit at four and four, and they are one and four in the Big Ten. On to the next game, Nebraska fifty three, Minnesota twenty eight. Nebraska with a Robust 559 yards of total offense to Minnesota's 474. Holy cow, Scott Frost. Yeah, getting a Gatorade bath. Yes, right, right. That's what they do. And I understand it's his, it's his <laughs> no. first win as Nebraska's coach, and so we shouldn't pile on him too much. I was actually really happy for the team and for Scott Frost when he got that Gatorade bath. Yes, I know it kind of looks bad because. You won one game and you've lost six, but they just finally got over that hump. No, I understand. Um, it's again, we've been saying this all along. It's a uh, it's a proud program. It wasn't like they were just going to give up on the season. Um, their offense has been clicking 
essentially all year long. Yeah. Especially um, when Martinez is in there. Right. Not as much with Bunch, of course, but Yeah. Well, hundred percent. Um there are a lot of outlandish statements made by Nebraska fans. Oh, I had off noticed. Seasons, yeah. And during the offseason, during the season, whatever. One of the actual outlandish uh, comments that they made, uh, forecast, whatever you want to say, it was about Adrian Martinez. That one has come to fruition. That yes. Guy, that guy's very, very good. Well, I have written here in my notes, I think this guy is a potential Heisman Trophy candidate down the line. Down the line. Yeah. Not, yeah. not this year, but starting maybe even next year. Well, I would say that's the, the kind the, of talent he is. Well, the talent for him to be a Heisman candidate is already there. But yep. what off, awful or also usually comes Winning uh, games. Yes, correct. The, okay. the team actually Touché. have to that, – that would be the part that uh, needs to come together. Well, let's point out he was 25 of 29 passing, which set a Nebraska record for completion per- percentage in a game. Yeah, and it was a windy day in yeah. uh, Lincoln, too. I don't think it was as, was as bad in a lot of different other Big Ten venues. No. But um, And then another good game, and I've, I've been trying to workshop how to say this, this guy's name, but I was just thinking okay. about something along the lines of – now, welcome to the stage, Divine Ozigba. <laughs> is it divine? Is it divine? Isn't that like a stripper name? Oh yeah, yeah. Divine's a stripper name. Yeah, yeah sure. Divine is. All right. But anyways, he's he has come alive. Oh my in god! The, in the running game too. So 152 yards, two touchdowns for Ozigba. So let's point out. Nebraska had three 100-yard rushers in this game yeah. and also had a 100-yard receiver in this game. Yeah. Amazing performance by the Nebraska offense, but conversely, a monumental collapse by the Minnesota defense. You can listen, the two usually coincide. Yeah. Okay. Um if there was a uh something opposite of the weekly Eisman that we did, but it was something like I don't know, the weekly poor performance by mm-hmm. an O or D coordinator. Um, unfortunately, Illinois would. They'd be they, tops of the list right. every week. Yep. Minnesota, they'd be their close, O&D right? coordinator this week was, Oof. I don't know what they were doing on either side of the ball. Minnesota should have been spending a lot more time flat out running the ball. They didn't. Um, well, they, uh, they and, knew they had to score points, though. Uh, you know, they, How they about were, try to control the game a little bit? Minnesota's okay. got a good running attack. I, I followed that big offensive line, and when they get into yep. the – Scott Eber package like yep. they had success doing that yeah. I just they just got away from all of that stuff I guess but they only ran for 3.5 per carry and they were passing for 9.7 a clip yeah so anyway Annex that uh, gets taken out of the game Tanner Morgan comes in Tanner Morgan looked pretty damn good I I remember in our offseason um predictions I thought Tanner Morgan was the better quarterback okay. in the quarterback room for what I saw in the spring game last year okay um, so fans are pretty restless right now for the Gophers. Yeah, Gopher uh, fans uh, about are, are... their specifically about their defense and their defensive coordinator. Yes, they want blood against their defensive yeah, coordinator. He's right getting now. a lot of heat. Rod Smith. Yeah, is it Rob? I think it's Rob. Okay, Rod. You're thinking Rob. Rod yeah. Smith for the for the Illini too much maligned. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, Rod is doing okay. But uh, did you notice the? The, f- the fake extra point early in this game. Yeah. Well, I don't, to well, get, well, I mean, maybe it was trying to get a little bit of momentum going for, for PJ. I don't know. Yeah. I thought that was ill-advised. Speaking of, so you got one speaking of Bolt of Boy, he's getting back down into Bolt Boy territory for me again. Um, okay. There was a funny tweet that went out that said, so let me get this straight. Uh, PJ wants everything to be about the team, so he puts Minnesota uh, on the back of the jerseys. Yep. 
but his own personal logo of, of yeah. row the boat, and he puts that on everybody's helmet, like, well, give me a break. Yeah. And then after the game, it was the same press conference for him again. Yeah, he's kind of weird in those press it's conferences. Just, it's on me. It's on me. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Guys, guys, it's all on me. And it's like, That, I, that I starts ringing this... hollow eventually yes. when you say it's all on me because your players have to be accountable too. And now, he's being lovey-dovey. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's... And it's I, okay. He, and, I, and I, I think what he's, you know, he's probably trying to deflect some of the negativity off of the players onto himself. I guess, but you, you got to hold them doing. accountable too. I think but, that's but what he does he's that doing. all the time. I know. Well, because he's constantly trying to <laughs> to get the negativity off off the players because he guess. wants them to keep to keep playing. But um, sometimes I, you need a fire under ass. Yeah, I, I felt that. Uh, Minnesota fans were frustrated after the Iowa loss. Mm-hmm. I have I have sensed even more frustration after this because just the utter lack of of anything good happening down in Lincoln. We both saw it coming. Um, or I, I guess I can't remember if you took Minnesota for the, for this or, game. I actually took Minnesota. Okay, I took Nebraska um, because it's just it, it was bad timing for Minnesota. Like, yeah, like if Nebraska would have beaten Northwestern. I would have maybe given Minnesota yeah. a little bit more of a chance, but that was two weeks in a row. They they kind of left their game up in Columbus, I think, and then to travel right back down to Lincoln, it was just a tough spot yeah. for Minnesota. Um, and we see now that this defense can play well against you know mediocre to inferior talent, but once they once they get up against a, a talented offense, they really struggle. Yeah. Um, so congratulations to Scott Frost for winning his first national championship at Nebraska. Oh, no, it was just his, it was his first game. I, I couldn't tell by the, uh, did uh, the Gatorade reaction. bath throw you off? Um, no, I saw that coming. <laughs> okay. Uh, by the way, too, the, remember when we, uh, mentioned the bar in Omaha or excuse me, oh. in council bluffs, yes. there was tons of videos of them. Oh yeah. Taking the, okay. Yep. They were, got the bolt cutters, cut the chains nice, off and awesome. everybody I was drinking that. a bunch of Bud Lights. So by the that way, would have been fun to be at. We mentioned Dan Popain. Yeah. Our buddy went to the game yep. and just had nothing but great things to say about the Nebraska. He fans. actually might have a little bit to add to the podcast, we were, but he, he, he was taking notes. Dan is a, he's a meticulous man. Okay. So he, he might have something to add for us. We'll keep, All right. keep you posted with that. Good. Uh, so with the one win, Nebraska moves to one and six overall, one and four in the Big Ten with the loss. Minnesota falls to three and four overall. Oh, and four in the Big Ten. The only two teams that have not won a conference game are Minnesota and Rutgers. All right, next game up. Purdue 49, Ohio State 20. Purdue with 539 yards of total offense. Ohio State with 546 yards of total offense. I told you. Yes, you I did. I told you, people. Um, this was a, a a really good game for me <laughs> because uh, I financially, had, yeah, personally, uh, we're uh, Big Kurt and I from are an in ego a, uh, perspective. <laughs> I mean, all around. Yep, uh, we're in an upset pool where you can only pick a, a a big upset for the top ten or fifteen teams. This was my pick. Um, also took uh, I took Purdue on the money line. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I just again. So we're going to talk about Purdue, right? Because yeah. Purdue won this game. No this doubt, was, they were the better team. I, I mean, if you would In not every have facet, if you, if, really. again, if you were just visiting Earth for the first time, 
but somehow you came to earth with knowledge of college football. I don't know. Or okay. football in general. But you didn't know that Ohio State was the blue chip of all blue chips yeah. for the Big Ten and Purdue was, you know, not. You would have swore that all of the talent was in black. Isn't that amazing? On Saturday night. Isn't that? Well, first of all, the all blacks. Could that be the kryptonite for Ohio State? <laughs> That's been the Kurt, Kurt is referencing to last year when the Ohio Iowa State game. came into Kinnick. They wore the all black uniforms. So, yeah. But, yeah, it's quite amazing what Purdue is doing on both sides of the ball with, uh, you know, you're talking about bottom third of the Big Ten talent on this team, with the exception of Rondell Moore. He is the only, like, highly rated recruit on this that is playing right now for Purdue on both sides of the ball. But speaking of Rondale Moore and mixing talent with coaching, what Jeff Brome is doing with Rondale Moore in games is absolutely <laughs> insane. The it, defense is terrified of him even when he's not when he doesn't have the ball. And Kirk Herbstreit was pointing it out the whole game. Uh, I, I will bag on e, on ESPN and uh, Game Day a lot. Kirk Herbstreit calling games is phenomenal. Yeah, I think he is no one better. Probably he's going to go down as one of the best in-game uh, yeah. color guys. They were showing how the safeties and linebackers and everybody was reacting to yeah. Rondale Moore. So they're running Rondale Moore out in the flat. The safety has got to keep an eye on him. <laughs> yep, they know it. So what do they do? They just throw the ball right. over to one of their wide receivers. Now that wide receiver still got to make the play. He yeah. did. That was Purdue's first touchdown. That type of breakdown Zico what a what a catch what a great catch Holy crap. come down with that um that type of X's and O that that Brome has got going right now and then oh by the way just throwing it to Rondell Moore in the slot I mean I swear yeah, to that God, works too by the way I swear to God <laughs> Rondell Moore is running two routes right now one goes in and one goes out yeah and because no linebacker on the planet can keep up with them nope uh, I don't even know how many cornerbacks can keep I, up. I feel them. bad for that linebacker when, when a linebacker. Well, how can you possibly? Yeah, cover him. And uh, no one of the guys I follow on Twitter, Old Bill Sherman, um, he's a big Buckeye fan. Seems to be a very realistic Buckeye mm -hmm. fan, by the way. He just kept tweeting out, "Can we play some zone?" I mean, just, <laughs> yeah. Well, something had to be different. I mean, I, I mean, Jeff Brome took uh, uh Ohio State it's a defensive coordinator my gosh um uh, Chiano Chiano yep behind the oh, woodshed yeah. and Gave him a good just browbeat him yeah. last night there was no there was nothing going on in Ohio State as far as mixing things up given uh uh the Purdue offense a different look anything like that so speaking of Nick Holt I, I just love this guy I think he did a great job too sure they gave up a lot of passing yards in fact uh, uh, Haskins had a school record for for passing yards. Yeah, but just holding them to seventy six rushing yards, three rush yards per attempt, making them completely one dimensional. And when you're scoring that many damn points, you can give up four hundred seventy yards passing. And then speaking of the Purdue defense, no matter how good of a defensive coordinator you are, at some point there are one on one matchups or just. Some sort of of times you're gonna have to leave the game plan in the hands of one of your your mm -hmm. defenders. Uh, Produced cornerback number fourteen Blackman. What How many game. times did that guy get put into a situation to make a play? I swear to God, he made it almost every time. And that just shows you when you have a team that has confidence in what they're doing, everybody's game steps up. Yes, right. Yeah. I mean, none of these guys were highly recruited on 
Purdue's and, defense, and they play like they are. Correct. Uh, one of my our our favorite people that we follow in the college football world is Pete Futek. Yeah, with, he's uh, he's the best man with college football news. He is one Guy's of incredible. the very few people that I've ever wrote or or, or uh, a follow that has writes over and over about if a team is fast or or plays fast. Mm-hmm. And what he's talking about is he's talking about sometimes there are games where all of a sudden one team looks like they're playing in quicksand and the other team is is running on short yep. gra- grass. It doesn't mean that that team is always slower than the other team. There are just game plans and times yeah. where you attack confidently. That's what Purdue was doing all well, last night. And since you brought that up, it seemed like there were so many plays when Ohio State had the ball where they were just so close to breaking a big play but someone would would make the tackle and get there just in time to make a tackle whereas you know if if the Ohio State player had one more step on the guy he might have been gone it just seemed like there was so close to breaking big long plays on many occasions last night maybe it was just me nope or there were times where you thought this is where Ohio State's going to get a yeah. stop and a score yeah. and and There's turn def- the game back around and P- Purdue would make the plays to get well, to convert third downs and that fake kick was just brilliant yeah i mean man that, that kid took a pop in that he sure that, did but uh, that's the kind of stuff you have to do against an ohio state team if you want to win you gotta you gotta be you gotta take risks you, you gotta gamble to win a game like this and that was a huge mental aspect of the game you know stop them there nope actually got a first down yeah um it, it just seemed like ohio state had no answer for him at that point. i mean how crazy dwayne haskins 49 of 73 for 470 yards. And Ohio State puts 20 points up? That's crazy, right? Yeah. Um, And I believe this stat is correct. There has been four times that an Ohio State quarterback has gone over 400 yards. Dwayne Haskins now has three Three of them. Three of them, yeah. How insane is that? The other one was Art Schleister. No kidding. I'm pretty sure. Because he he held the school record before this, I believe. Okay. Um, Um, Isn't it? I think... Ohio State is now three and five in their last eight games in West Lafayette. Yes, uh, they've uh, Purdue's got more wins versus Ohio State since 2000 than Michigan. Whew. isn't that crazy? Wow, that is amazing. Um, and the other thing to point out too with Ohio State is um, they when they lose, they don't lose in Big Ten. It's like it, it's like uh, the world's interesting man. You know, I don't often. Lose, lose in the Big but Ten, but when, when I do, do I get I my, get my doors blown off. Yeah. That's what's happening with Ohio State. It's the craziest thing. It is weird. Uh, by the way, I don't know about you. I was loving watching Urban on the sidelines last yeah. night and his just frustration level being off the charts. Yeah, I mean, I'm over all the the Urban bashing personally, but well, I, it, um, it's, I, it's, I'm not I, referring I, to the pre, all the preseason yeah, okay. stuff. I'm just referring to Urban in general. Yeah, um, I do think. You know, the the most c- common thing was you saw. Well, there was a lot of a couple common things on Twitter last night with Urban. A lot of it was, you know, I feel headaches coming on or yeah. something like oh, yeah. that for sure. for Urban. I will say we're not talking about this, but there are signs out there that Urban might not be long for the hall at Ohio I, State. That's kind of how I feel. Yeah, I feel like I don't know if this is the last year, but I think he's it's coming to an end. Could be. Um, and not because he lost one game. That's not what I mean. It just the I think it's feel. getting to him. Yeah, the overall feel. And especially um, the offseason that he had this year. So with the win, that moves Purdue to four and three overall and at three and one in the Big Ten, very much in the Big Ten race. The Ohio State falls to seven and one overall, four and one in the Big Ten. 
So that brings us to the Big Ten game of the week. Michigan 21, Michigan State 7. Whew, this might be one of the bigger yardage differences that you'll ever come across. Michigan 395 <laughs> yards of total offense to Michigan State's 79. The time of possession, no, that I kind of oh, alluded to this. Well, hold on. 79 was their, their passing yards. Their total yards were 94. 94, excuse me. Yep. Okay. Um, still pretty bad. Um, I had alluded to a game that had a bigger time of possession, so – Iowa yep. was Iowa was forty and twenty. Michigan was forty one to nineteen. Mercy. Um there was so I think probably one of the first things to talk about is the pregame. Yeah, we antics. gotta talk about this because it was so bizarre. It was bizarre. <laughs> okay, now the 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 arm in arm lineup walk down the field. They do my that big, all the time. They do it. Okay. okay. That was my first so, question. So just so people know, Michigan State always does this. They typically wear some sort of like jump suit thing and their helmets and it is supposed to uh it's supposed to caricature the spartans like how you, you ever okay. seen 300 yeah, remember sure. the spartans where they you know white w- walk in unison or whatever yeah. okay <laughs> you yeah. see the face big kurtz making me <laughs> across the table <laughs> it's pretty stupid but okay, yeah, i didn't that's, realize that we're, that's why we're they but they they did it late something well, yeah, tells they, me. they were 10 minutes late on the field i think correct weren't they and this has to play into the fact that I don't know how many people know this, but I mean, if you played high school football, you should know this. You only get half the field when you're warming up. Yeah. You're not really supposed to cross no. the 50 yard line. And I, so when they but, typically do this, do they walk the whole field? Do you that, know that, much? I, that I tried to read through last okay. night and this morning. I could not figure it out. But so, yeah, they, they basically walked right through the Michigan players when they were doing it. They purposely bumped into guys. They yeah. ripped headphones off of Michigan players. Yeah. Just, just I, Tom Furlery. I think Dave Revson said it best. He's like, "Where are the adults in the room?" <laughs> I loved when he said that because, come on, if okay, if you're gonna do this stupid ritual, that's fine, but just clear the field. Just, yeah. just ask the Michigan. And there should be some sort of officials that are looking yes. over this. Um, the only thing we saw because we missed all of that right at the beginning. The only thing we saw was Devin Bush. Yeah, kicking up right. So the we white. didn't know what had happened. Correct. Previous. So to then, that. then, then you know, it was the Paul Harvey, and now the rest of the story. Yeah. And it was him retaliating from the Michigan State thing, and like, and like trying to dig in, <laughs> which was you stupid know, too. I but mean, it-, it was stupid. But let's be honest, like. He's not going to get arrested for it. This is sports. This is not the yeah. you know. And then every you know, it's a it's a rivalry. Like oh, these I, like teams I've heard Michigan, obviously hate each, and the coaches hate each other. They too. do too. There is there is no doubt, no love loss between right. khaki pants and D'Antonio. <laughs> um, um, everybody keeps uh, calling this the uh, you know like the big brother little brother yeah. thing. Dude, I got two older brothers. And even at the height of my hatred right. for my brother, when I was like 11 and he was 15, yep. I don't think I ever hated him. No, this much. he might have hated me that much. I don't know, but these two teams despise each other. And I feel like khaki pants comes out looking a little better than Mark D'Antonio in this thing, don't you? I, I what I tweeted out is Mark D'Antonio is leading the Big Ten Conference in snake oil sales for yeah. like the 10th year in yeah. a row. I loved what Khaki Pants said. He, he called it total Bush League. Yeah, what he they, did. And then D'Antonio called said that BS. BS. <laughs> That's BS. So I, what I didn't get to see, even though I've seen the replay 
a hundred times, it seems. I'm I'm trying to find Antonio. Where was he in this whole thing? Because he was right behind it. I was saw the he? video. Okay. No, he was so, five yards behind the walking thing. Okay, because Khaki, so, khaki, pants, khaki said pants was, pants said he was, and Antonio said he wasn't. Check the tape. I I have no idea unless. My eyes uh, were playing tricks on me. Okay. That sure looked like D'Antonio okay. walking I gotta behind I got to go them. back and yeah. check because I want to know for sure. Um, but oh, hey, by the way, they played a game. Oh, that's <laughs> right. They did. Well, one team played a game. Ooh. Oh, Zinger. But Dude, there, there Mi- was – go ahead. Uh, well, Michigan, gonna... Michigan just – their defense absolutely shut Michigan State down. It's incredible. Like, I, I mean, that was – Without Rashawn Gary. Correct. Again, like three weeks in a row they've done this yeah. stuff without Rashawn Gary. Um. I love Chase Winovich's interview, too. Boy. Love that guy. Yeah, he's fired up. But there was a moment, so I'm watching the game, and Michigan State's getting totally dominated. And then, what was it? There was a fumble, and then they did that trick play to Lewerke. I'm like, see, this is what Michigan State does. And I I was, um, my my text chain buddies, they had all thought Michigan was going to cover, and I said, I'm staying the hell away from that game. I picked Michigan. And then after that happened, you're like, yeah, this is it. Bad weather. Bad weather. Right turnover yeah trick play to be honest with you if you're michigan or a michigan fan because of that because there was weather because there was trick play didn't they exercise the demons isn't that somehow yes. even better than just winning that game 42 I think no to doubt. 3 no doubt and the other thing to point out this is a michigan state team that had the number 1 rush defense in the country Michigan State or sorry, Michigan ran for 183 yards on this defense that was giving up what like 40 yards a game, something yeah. like that. Michigan's never lost a game under Harbaugh when it running when they uh, ran for over 125 yards. And Karan Higdon, boy, he's what, the he's the he's their guy. He almost snuck into the Eisman because 33 rushes for 144 yards against that Sparty defense is amazing. We had prognosticated how is Khaki Pants going to play this game out on offense? Is he going to let Shea Patterson just air it out, and we said, no, he's going to still be kind of conservative, and we That's nailed it. That's pretty much yeah. what it was. Shea Patterson, 14 of 25, 212 yards, two touchdowns. A good game. He did what he had to do. He yep. also had, I mean, 24 yards rushing. He just kind of moved the ball when he had to. But the couple rushing, rushing that he had were big plays. Let's just be honest, okay? Michigan is not going to be explosive on offense. No. A lot of it, I believe, is by design. That's how he wants it because to be. their defense is yeah. so good. Why this would is, you risk it? Right. Doesn't make sense. Do you have the stats on? Uh, it's it had been a long time since Michigan won a ranked team ranked game. You know, on I, the road. I almost put I read that and I didn't put in my notes. I thought it was like seventeen. Is I, that right? Seventeen times I've, I've, ranked on the road. I don't think they have won a ranked game on the road. I believe it was in, since like two thousand four. That that sounds about right. Speaking of. That was their first touchdown pass versus Michigan State since 2011. 2011. That's incredible. A lot of demons yeah. exercised in that game. Remember when I said last week Michigan's going to turn the, the, the tables on Michigan State, and mm-hmm. we're going to look back and say maybe this is Michigan's year? Don't you kind of feel like that right now? Oh, I definitely feel like this is Michigan's year yeah. right now. Yeah. I mean, they lost early. That's great, right? They haven't lost a conference game yet they look better than ohio state looks right now i i i think mission's clearly your number one team in the conference who did i pick to win the big 10 i don't know <laughs> i think michigan yeah no i picked michigan all right um yeah more, i mean more right pats now, on the back what's that more pats on the back for 
for the Greek. Yeah, seriously, I, I've got like my one arm is it looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. The other one looks like a wimpy, just because I'm patting myself on the back so much. Um, on the other side of things, I mean, we talked kind of through it a little bit, but Michigan State went from uh, in tough spots to being an absolute. They're a wounded duck now. Brian Lewerke. Well, speaking of wounded, Felton Davis out for the year. year. I. This is Michigan State is in a very precarious. They're in a tailspin, right basically. Yeah, they are looking down the barrel of having two bolus seasons in the last three years. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they they're going to be Rutgers, obviously, but um, tell you what, it, they they got an uphill battle. They're at they're the with their loss that they fall to four and three, two and two overall. And put they them, were, put them at five wins with Rutgers. They got some searching to go. To get to to six wins. Well, looking ahead to the future, um, they uh, they've lost a lot of players, uh, a lot of attrition from their recruiting classes. There, this is already a thin team, and then they got injured. Yeah, yeah. So it there's things outside of my of D'Antonio's control. Yeah. that have been happening. Yeah. On the other side, Michigan with the win, they are seven and one overall, and as Big Kurt mentioned, the only undefeated team in the Big Ten at five and zero. All right, so that gets us through the Big Ten slate. Uh, real quick, uh, a couple of the other games. Clemson just absolutely mm. murdered NC State. That they was a seventeen-point spread. They, NC they, State they did not them. show up. Um, uh, Washington easily handles Colorado. Um, LSU just mm. manhandled Mississippi State. My yep. thought in that is two things. Um, maybe I should give LSU a little bit more. I think we should start. I think doing that that. we've gotten there. But I tell you one thing. We shouldn't give Mississippi State that They're much terrible. credit. Like, what annoys me because here, here's another thing too is is uh, I was listening to you know, like I said the other podcast I was listening yep. to, and they were breaking down the uh, USC Utah game. Mm-hmm. So shout out to my buddy Josh, big Ute fan. Okay. Uh, Utah was weird. They were seven point favorites. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw how that game went down. Do not. USC got up fourteen to nothing. Okay. Utah won like 42 to 14. Oh, Lord. 42 17, something like that. They just absolutely ran away with uh, uh, the game. The podcast guys I was listening to said, it's just a shame that USC's offense looks like this. A team that's as talented as USC, as college football fans, we all want them to, to, to be good. College football is better when USC is good. Yeah, I hate that philosophy because. There's fans for every team, and you. So how's that, how's ideally, that supposed you, to make a Utah fan feel right. Ideally, you, you, you want all teams to cycle up at some point, and all teams to cycle down at some point, so that everybody is is interested, right? So, so there isn't a ton of people that can't stand USC that didn't well, love there's to that see too, that. Yeah, I, my interactions with USC fans is they're pompous jerks. Yeah, so it never bothers me to see USC get beat. The only few Utah fans. I've had, which I'll be honest with you, that's one one really good buddy and a couple other guys I've ran into. They're they're good dudes, so I'm happy for for Utah. And I imagine Utah's a big school. I don't know what their enrollment is, but they probably have a huge alumni base and want their team to win. And when they're winning, they probably watch a lot more. Right. So okay, who cares? USC's got a freshman quarterback. Nobody thought they should have been that good. They, that right. was one of my teams that I had as an overrated team to begin with. Yeah. They are overrated. They don't look that good. No. Nope. Speaking of the Pac-12, just a quick peruse around. Well, the we conference. should mention so the, Wazoo beating right. Oregon. So Washington. That was the last thing. Is Washington State? Um, 
just manhandled Oregon. Oregon had, I think, something like 40 yards of total offense at halftime. Oh, Lord. So so Washington State, much better defense than people realize. So they just killed them. Oregon did make a comeback, but it just they ran out of gas, and that was so, it. So Pac-12 is down to, to one team. Yeah. It, it's Washington, Washington State, State right now. And that's another coach that's doing a lot with not a lot. Correct. I mean, they they do not recruit at a high level, and look what he's doing with. with they don't keep uh, players at a high level because I think playing for that crazy man is yeah. not for everybody. I think that's been documented for sure. But that's down to the one team that the Pac-12 is down to that's is it. Washington yeah. State, and they're obviously going to have to win out and probably win out big because if they're a one-loss team against another one, I don't know really what no. how they're. Um, Big Twelve, I guess, got a little bit interesting. Oklahoma, that was by the way, easy money. They yeah, blew right away with that T- one. TCU. Yeah, that's a two horse race now yep. between Oklahoma, Oklahoma and Texas. Texas. Do you? I okay. Do you really think Texas is that good? No, I I don't think anybody outside of blue blood Joey loving Galloway? people and Joey Galloway yeah. think Texas is really that good. Oklahoma is quote unquote good. You know how they're good like they're good like Ohio State. They look very similar. A very yeah, not a, a great very good passing team. No, great great passing. Yeah. They are not good on defense. No, they're not. And then moving around to the ACC, is there a bigger gap than what Clemson has over the rest of the ACC? Yeah, I mean, I you got to compare it to Alabama. And, the, and that's the comparison that's going on right But I, mean, I would say LSU is closer to Alabama than anybody in the ACC is to Clemson. There so, you yeah, go. it is the biggest gap, I would say. Miami moved. I, I just saw the coaches poll. Miami moved into the coaches poll. So okay. it's right now it's Clemson, NC State, and Miami. And NC State just got absolutely yeah. murdered by Clemson. Clemson probably has to win out to make the college football playoff because if they got a loss, they might not have enough quality wins. On their, on yeah, their, that's true. I yeah, mean, it point. almost gets to, to, to down to hurting them. Right. And then as far as the, the SEC, um, I thought maybe, I don't know why, but I thought maybe Tennessee would just kind of keep it a little mm. bit close. And then... Uh, dude, the, uh, Alabama's the, Alabama. There's they, no one even close to them right now. I can't see anything. close. Like, it's... Bad for college football. It absolutely between is. Them it's just not interesting, else. right? And you got to give LSU credit for being up there. I don't think LSU is going to beat no, Alabama or no. stay close with them. No. And then outside of that, Auburn, terrible. Uh, Florida, Georgia. they're just okay. Yeah, Georgia, I mean, they're, they're good. They're, good, they're, they're but, dangerous. But not, but not to the but point. But they don't look great. No. I mean, it just seems to be a collection of whatever. You know, and across the country, Kentucky. What did they throw for eighteen yards? Yeah. And they beat Vandy fourteen to seven. So they're just if looking. that game, if that Kentucky Vanderbilt game was in the Big Ten West, our buddy Braden Gall and other people oh, like yeah. that, my God, they would just oh absolutely just they would jump trash on the hell that out of game. It. And they didn't even have any weather conditions no. to to fight against that. If you can stop Kentucky from running the ball. Again, they're just like Maryland. They're yeah. not playing left-handed. They're playing no-handed. Yep. But. All right, so that will bring us to the end of the podcast. Unless you got anything else to add, buddy? No, that's it for me. All right, so I'm Jeffrey the Greek. Thanks for listening. And this is Big Kurt. And this has been Eyes on Big Podcast. Talk to you soon.